Broncos Blitz podcast with Ronnie K. Analysis, discussion, and the latest around the Broncos as the season continues. It's the Broncos Blitz podcast with Ronnie K. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K radio on Twitter, where today on the podcast is a post-game edition of the podcast is uh, just got out of the locker room, just got done with post-game for the Broncos loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars. They end up losing on the final gun. Another tough one, 26-24. I'm going to get to why the Broncos lost, why the Broncos are in the predicament that they are in, and where the Broncos go from here. Because, boy, uh, at 0-4, things are falling apart. we got a lot to get to, and we will discuss that on the Broncos Blitz podcast. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter, at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio. On Twitter, where we thank our friends so, so very much at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. 70 Colorado beers on tap and 100 Colorado distilled spirits. I tell you what, you go on over there, Caddy Corner to Coors Field, great place to go eat on the rooftop. and get. Don't forget, remember, this winter, heated rooftop as well, To Check out Tap 14 on the web. That's tap14.com. Spell out the word 14 for me, Tap 14. Com. All right, so the fighting men shoes come into Denver. And I tell you what, before we get started with this podcast and finger pointing or breaking down why the Broncos lost this, that, what they could have did better, I want to tip my cap to the Jacksonville Jaguars. They came into a very hostile environment, and uh, they pulled off the win in the last second. They utilized good defense and offense in the second half, outscoring Denver 20 to seven in that second uh, half, they go on that twenty-three to seven run to beat the Denver Broncos, come back and uh, win it, and go to two and two now on the season. While Denver, of course, drops to zero oh and four. Let's talk about the Denver offense first. Joe Flacco finishing twenty-two for thirty-eight, three hundred and three yards, three touchdowns, and the one pick. I want to flash forward to that pick. It's seventeen to three, and Broncos are are really firing on all cylinders. It's just a bad throw. It's a overthrown pass, too much uh, air on it, and it's intercepted, uh, intended for Emmanuel Sanders. Jacksonville gets three from that, but from then on out, and there was actually a point in the fourth quarter when the Broncos started the with the football in the fourth quarter, their first drive, they had only held the ball a minute and 33 seconds since that moment. Whatever was a part of it just absolutely killed all momentum. Obviously, Jacksonville gets three before the half. Then there's halftime, in which is just a big dead period. And then Denver comes out and goes back-to-back three and outs. And obviously, that doesn't help. But this is a Denver team that just had no offensive flow in that third quarter where Jacksonville, of course, was firing on all cylinders, 14 points from it, including a dazzling touchdown from Gardner Minshew. We'll talk about Minshew mania here in just a second. Broncos running the football, 16 carries for 68 yards for a 4.3 average. Look, you average 5.9 with Lindsey, and you only run him nine times. This is supposed to be a running team. We're going to get to that with Rich Scangarello. Receiving-wise, Emmanuel Sanders over the 100-yard mark. Scary moment towards the end of that game when Emmanuel Sanders on that uh, go-ahead touchdown drive, uh, fell to the ground after a catch, grabbed his knee immediately, got back up, was limping, eventually just like walks it off. Tough guy. Uh, Look, when he first lunged for his knee, I was thinking, oh my gosh, that is worst case scenario. I mean, he looked like he was in an intense pain. 
talked to him after the locker room, and he said, yeah, man, I, I'll, I'll get through it. It'll be fine. Uh, it doesn't sound like it was that serious, so certainly uh, good to hear on that. And Cortland Sutton, six catches for 62 yards, had the two touchdowns, which was a big deal, but a very somber Cortland Sutton who really didn't want to speak to the media. Uh, somebody who, look, uh, this is his first major adversity in the NFL when it comes to a uh, a position where he's relied on to, to make big plays, and certainly he's making these touchdown catches, but it, but it still feels like Cortland Sutton still trying to find his place in the offense. It it never feels it always feels like Cortland Sutton's just there as a guy as opposed to being a major impact offensive player. But certainly we'll get into that discussion a little bit more. And then do want to point out, of course, the touchdown from Noah Fant, who, by the way, took that little dump off pass, made a couple nice cuts, gets his first career touchdown. And uh, we're going to hear from Noah Fant here in just a little bit. I got a chance to catch up with Noah Fant and uh, hear about his first career touchdown, obviously in a somber locker room. When it comes to the Broncos offense, look, they uh, moved the ball and more importantly, finished drives. That was the big deal for this Denver Broncos offense as they were having trouble finishing drives. They finished 4-11 on third down. Uh, this is a team that was, uh, look, throwing the football early. Uh, they they didn't get to the run game enough, and, and I think that's where maybe a little bit of the disappointment leads is they established the 17-3 lead but then continued to throw. There was no running game whatsoever. There were actually back-to-back drives where the sequence was run, pass, pass, run, pass, pass. So maybe a little bit of predictability but also on that topic that look Jacksonville knew they were going to run the foot they were going to throw the football and thus they they uh, did a very good job at defending it. Denver does finish 2 for 3 though in the red zone and of course the two touchdowns to Cortland Sutton those were big ones including obviously the last one but the big turnover look you lost the turnover battle again and I know it was one to nothing but losing the turnover battle is a big deal and that turnover led to 3 points. Denver loses by two. That could have been the difference. It's a big interception in that game. Time of possession dominated by Jacksonville, 39 uh, to 20. And, and the big one was the one drive to open the second half. Look, this was a drive that covered 10 minutes. That's unheard of in the NFL. 16 plays, 75 yards, and then of course it ends in that dazzling Gardner Minshew, the second uh, spin around, evade, juke move to the left, sidestep, throws it to Armstead and gets the touchdown. Just a, a, a really, uh, let's call it like it is, it was a special play. It was a special, special play from Gardner Minshew. And I tell you what, several Broncos were in arm's lengths, were uh, nabbing at his feet, and they just did not get an opportunity to finally bring him down. And look, uh, Jacksonville is a winner because of plays like that. They made enough of them. Denver did not. And now they start 0-4. And uh, this is a team that, look, next week against the Chargers, they got to get off the schneid against Phillip Rivers and... They have never in franchise history been 0-5 to start a season, but of course Denver also dating back to last year. That is now, uh, what, eight straight losses? Oh, boy, this is uh, 
Don't even remember what a winning locker room looks like. It was a pretty somber locker room, certainly, indeed. I'm going to get to your responses on Twitter. And you can follow me on Twitter, at Ronnie K Radio, so you can interact in future podcasts, at Ronnie K Radio on Twitter, at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio on Twitter. Uh, But I do want to get to that uh, quick minute I had with Noah Fant, because, again, he was trying to get out of there. I had a chance to to chat with him and uh, get a little bit of, uh, well, a, a taste of how he felt when he caught his first career touchdown pass. Yeah, no, it was a good feeling, but um, it wasn't good enough. I mean, we lost the game still, so um, definitely have a lot of improvement to do. So, again, that's Noah Fan. Big thank you to him uh, for joining me for a quick second as, uh, look, this was a locker room. A lot of those guys did not want to talk. They, they did not want to speak to the media. Obviously, a very... Um, mentally breaking game. And that's where I want to start with this game. There's a lot to unpack. I'm going to get to your requests. I'm going to get to your questions on Twitter. We're going to get to the offense. We're going to get to the defense. But I want to start here. This is such a mentally breaking game for the Denver Broncos because they did everything that they weren't doing in previous games. They weren't finishing drives. They finished drives against Jacksonville. Uh, They weren't getting to the quarterback. They sacked Gardner Minshew a boatload of times in this game. Five to be exact. Two of them from Von Miller. That third one from Chubb. Uh, This is a team that was was struggling to find their footing on offense. We talk about the three-point outputs. 16, 14, 16. They end up scoring 24 at home, and it looks like everything is roses and hunky-dory, and then here comes Jacksonville in this Minshew mania and everything that comes around with it in the comeback. Denver has an opportunity to answer. They do. Joe Flacco again engineers a go-ahead late touchdown in under two minutes. Under the two-minute mark, he engineers a second drive, both of them at home. Both of them losses. He's 0-2 in those games, and that is just absolutely absurd. But more to back to the, the mental side of things, they were this was make no mistake, this was a pissed off team. This was a team that was a a, a bit ticked off. They wanted to prove to everybody that look, the, this 0-3 record is not indicative of what this team is capable of. Uh we are better than an 0-3 team. This is gonna be a a, a absolute uh a light bulb goes off moment for this team. And they were so focused and so wired. And for the first half, look, it looked to be the case. Even with the interception in the late three points, it's 17-6 to going into the second half. You did all of that. You got to the quarterback. You scored 24 points. You recorded the sacks, and yet you still lose that game. And now you're thinking to yourself, what do we have to do just to collect a W? What do we have to do? just to collect a W, and now this is a Denver team that's got a, look, a Chargers team that is probably better than with, than them uh, with Melvin Gordon coming back. That is a, a unfortunate timing, but a better Chargers team than them, and then on top of that, look, you're losing games that you should win. All of a sudden, Tennessee in the futures doesn't look as easy. Obviously, there are dates with the Kansas City Chiefs coming up. I mean, I don't even know when the, where the next win is coming from, so... Certainly, uh, this could potentially linger. And as Derek Wolf said in the postgame locker room, uh, he, he said to me, this is the kind of loss that is going to bring adversity. And, and look, this is a team that's facing adversity this season. He said, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, he said, this adversity is either going to tear us apart 
or bring us together. It's up to us this week to figure out what it's going to be. So I think there are some positives in some way to, to, to take from this in the idea that, look, they can continue to rally as a team and, and be ticked off and finally get off the schneid. But boy, this is one of those losses that is so mentally breaking. Uh, it is, it's going to be a tough one to get over. It is going to be a tough one to get over for this locker room and uh, somehow they will make do, but boy, this was a brutal, brutal loss, both physically mentally that there were injuries in this game as well too that we'll get to here in just a little bit it's the broncos blitz podcast our friends over there at tap 14 big thank you to them you can follow me on twitter at ronnie k radio that's at r-o-n-n-i-e the letter k radio on twitter let's talk about the defense because the defense faced gardner Minshew, who threw two touchdown passes did not turn the ball over 213 yards on 19 of 33 passing but more importantly this is a defense that allowed another 200-yard rusher. Leonard Fournette runs 29 times for 225 yards. That's good enough for a 7.8 average, and this is just a damning stat. With 225 rushing yards today, Leonard Fournette is the fourth running back to have 200-plus rushing yards in the last three seasons. Three of those four are against the Denver Broncos. That'd be Fournette, Isaiah Crowell, and Todd Gurley. This is a a run defense that could not stop Fournette. Um, He was running guys over. He was evasive. He's a big back. And look, he's a talented back as well, too. He has actually been called out in Jacksonville lately for some of his play, but he certainly breaks out in this game. And look, his longest, the 81-yarder, that's that's a 20-yard run if Will Parks makes that tackle early. And there was actually another long run by Fournette that uh, uh, Will Parks missed the tackle on. And Will Parks said post-game to me, he said, hey, uh, I got to make those tackles. That's on me. Uh, but this is certainly a defense that struggled all around with Leonard Fournette and what he did to this team. Even Armstead, the backup, right, Kel Armstead, eight carries of 42 yards for a 5.3 average. I mean, that's a solid number for the Jacksonville Jaguars when it comes to rushing. Uh, Look, Jacksonville, they didn't turn the ball over. They were efficient on offense. Their their receiving core did enough to get the job done. No no serious big plays. Uh, They did get a 32-yarder from D.D. Westbrook, but D.J. Chark, uh, Fournette out of the backfield, Keenan Cole, everybody, everybody was essentially muted. Uh, O'Shaughnessy had the, the one touchdown catch that, you know, honestly, it was just a great play from Gardner Minshew on a double fake and uh, found just over the linebacker's uh, hands, found James O'Shaughnessy and obviously gets the touchdown. And uh, this is a, a defense that, look, they had the games in their hand. They had the game in their hands. And I think, you know, this is the this is the thing with the Denver Broncos for me. They have lost as a team, as a true team loss, more than anything I've ever seen in just four games. Like, this is a team that is losing as a team from offense and their struggles getting into the red zone to the turnovers that they're committing. They're losing on defense when they couldn't get to the quarterback, when they've had two opportunities, two opportunities to stop the Bears, 
stopped the Jaguars in one drive to win the game, and they couldn't do either. Even on special teams, when Brandon McManus is missing extra points or you're getting poor punts from Colby Wadman, who, by the way, had a pretty decent day today, but you get the point. And then on top of that, coaching. The the inexperience is showing with Rich Gangarello, with Vic Fangio, But maybe the more baffling thing, the inability is very, very glaring of this defense to stop basic offenses. Look, this is a Jaguars offense that is not going to blow anybody away. This is a Jaguars offense that coming into the game, they were middle of the road. And certainly rushing-wise, I think they were like 23rd in the league. This is a team that doesn't score a ton of points around 20, and yet all of a sudden this Denver defense they simply can't stop Jacksonville in the second half. And and that is the the very alarming um worst stat that you can think of if you're the Denver Broncos because this was supposed to be the strength. And I said this on the podcast and I said it on the radio show, which selfish plug, you can uh, listen 7 a.m. Mountain Standard Time Monday through Friday. I'll be on, of course, tomorrow morning reacting to the Broncos loss as well. I said this before uh, that really the the weeks after Vic Fangio was hired, when the discussion was who was the head coach, who was the coach or coordinator who has the most pressure on them. And I said, it's easy. It's Vic Fangio and it's Mike Munchak because these two came in as highly respected, highly touted and arguably the best at what they do in Vic Fangio on defense in Mike Munchak on the offensive line. Munchak, look, he's working with uh, injured guys and, and some very raw talent. We're going to we're not talk about him today and give him a pass. Uh, by the way, the offensive line, there were uh, definitely times where they were not winning the trenches, but for the most part, no big holding penalties, no big negations. Uh, there were a couple times where Ron Lurie let his guy completely <laughs> unblocked. Obviously, those were issues. We'll get to that a little bit later. But Vic Fangio came in here, and and everybody had the expectation. Everybody had the expectation that just by default, snap of the finger, this was going to be a top 10 defense. And many thought this was going to be a top five. I mean, they really did. Uh, I was one of them. And I, you know, if you want to consider that me eating crow uh, for that wrong prediction, sure, fine, I'll eat it. Because I know a lot of people who thought that they were going to be a top five defense. And they have been anything but. They have been a disaster in clutch situations. This is a defense that let Derek Carr throw all over them for 24 points. 27 points from Aaron Rodgers, 26 points from Gardner Minshew, and of course they lose in the last second against the Chicago Bears and Mitchell Trubisky. This is a ugly, ugly-looking defense right now, and now 0-4 for the first time since 1999, eight consecutive games they have lost, uh, dating back to Week 14. They're now 5-15 and over the last 20, and 11-25. and over the last three seasons. And since their Super Bowl win, let's just keep going. They're 20 and 32. This is a, a bad team right now that is going through some major bumps and bruises. And you guys have your comments. And I'm going to get to them here in just a second. All right. Your thoughts 
at Ronnie K Radio. That is my Twitter handle. You can react to this Broncos game. Let's see and dive into what Broncos country has to say. Let's start with one of our fellow podcasters, talented Tori. Of course, a contributor to Mile High Sports says it's time to start thinking rebuild. Also, another contributor to Mile High Sports, Jake Peterson says, yuck. Bad play calling in the second half and one bad defensive drive to start the second half were the story. Yeah, crucial moments. Crucial moments indeed. Jake has a great point. Danny on Twitter. Danny Rendon says, last week they were living in a world of suck. This week they are dot, dot, dot. Question mark, question mark. Danny says, zero accountability from top to bottom of the organization will never change until ownership is established. The commissioner needs to fix this ASAP. People are making a lot of money that don't deserve it. There's a lot to unpack there. At some point, we're going to get deep into the ownership talks. I I don't want to do that today just because this is a post-game reaction. There's a lot of fresh material that is fresh out of the locker room. And, of course, your thoughts on Twitter. So we will get to the ownership uh, situation. Maybe we'll do it this week. Of course, this is a daily podcast. So make sure that wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, any third-party place where you get your podcast, look for the Broncos Blitz. Or you can find me on Twitter at Ronnie K. Rady, and I will get it to you. Uh, Tom Wynn says, time to fight Miami for the first pick in the draft. Ooh, did you feel that? That was a shiver that went up my spine. First pick in the draft? That's not a Denver thing, but I guess it is this year. Tom on Twitter says, uh, poor management has led to this debacle. Uh, We will get to the management in just a little bit. Dustin Gale throwing a little bit of a comedic standpoint to it, saying, we suck again. (laughs) Yeah, at 0-4, they do suck right now. That's exactly what Andrew says. Broncos stink. The Rockies were a hot mess, and they can't watch the Nuggets or Avs. I kind of want to get into the other team situations. That's obviously a big, big problem. Uh, Chiefs Kingdom, the Chiefs Kingdom editorial board chimes in. Wonder what they have to say. Uh, things are very rosy over there in Kansas City. He says, John Elway sucks as a GM. Issues are his ego and poor decisions. I want to unpack that a little bit. Let's start with the, the, the first part, the uh, really the second part. Issues with his ego. I've never really understood this. Anybody who talks about John Elway and his ego is the reason why the Broncos lose. No, the reason why the Broncos lose is because John Elway's decisions, okay, his poor decisions and his poor evaluation of talent. That's why the Denver Broncos are losing. It's not his ego. It's it's the fact that he can't find a freaking franchise quarterback since Peyton Manning. It's the fact that his 2017 draft is really just a complete from top to bottom, absolute mess. That's why the Denver Broncos are losing, not because of his ego. Now, you could say maybe because of his ego, uh, he is not allowing some people to make decisions that they should, which may be the case. Sure, if you want to find that, but that's not the reason why they are losing. It is his poor decisions, poor drafting, and poor uh, evaluation of talent, and maybe you can even divvy this down to head coach, is, is really the problem for the Denver Broncos moving forward. We'll get to Elway at, at that point as well, too. Again, a lot to unpack. Hang tight. We'll get to all of it. Juan on Twitter says, uh, Ellis should pull the trigger. I am guessing this is in reference to John Elway. Uh, Mile High Take says, I wish this team's roster was bad because 0-4 would make sense. 
it wouldn't sting as much. I think Mile High Hot Takes has a great point here. This is this is not an 0-4 roster. It is not an 0-4 roster. When you look at the Miami Dolphins roster, when you look at the, oh, I don't know, the Jets roster, when you when you look at the worst teams in the league around the league, the the Steelers, the Bengals, uh, the Redskins, those are bad rosters, okay? There's no talent there. There's there's no talent in Arizona. Uh, they are, are rebuilding. It's full-fledged, okay? Denver, on the other hand, we're talking about uh, 10 sacks plus a year from Bradley Chubb, from Von Miller. We're talking about Pro Bowl All-Pro talents in Chris Harris Jr. We're talking about potential guys of that stature in Justin Simmons, Will Parks. And again, Justin Simmons with another fine day playing defense in the secondary for the Denver Broncos. We're talking about Joe Flacco, a guy who's, look, he's not going to blow the doors off you, but this is a guy also that has been able to get it done in the past and has been a borderline 10-15 quarterback so far in the NFL. He is holding his own. This is a rushing attack that certainly can get it done from Philip Lindsay and his electric uh, style. Look, this is a Broncos offense when it comes to running the football 15th in the league coming into. So they are they are able to run the football and yet they're on four. This is one of the, it's so weird to say this, and, and look, maybe this is a silver lining thing. I'm not really a silver lining guy. I try to call it as, I, as it is, and I hope you appreciate that, and I hope you see that. This is a very talented 0-4 roster. But look, things don't fall your way. That's how football works. And uh, good teams find a way to win. Bad teams find a way to lose. Finding a way to lose is roughing the passer against Mitchell Trubisky. It's roughing the passer against Gardner Minshew. It's putting yourself in that position in the first place because you were outscored 23 to 7 to end the game. It's 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 a bad team putting themselves in a bad situation so thus they are a bad team. But make no mistake, this is not a a desert of a roster. There was a lot of talent on this roster. So that's why it's just, it's very, very baffling. It's, of course, the Broncos Blitz podcast, a daily podcast with Mile High Sports, and uh, getting your reaction, your instant reaction post game on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R O N N I E, the letter K radio on Twitter. Ryan Brothers says, Time for Joe Ellis to pick a bowling kid and retire to some island paradise. Team needs the accountability that an owner, and only an owner, can provide. Again, we will get into this here in a little bit. I, I think Broncos country is turning their attention maybe a little bit away from the players, maybe a little bit away from the coaching staff, and they're going deeper now. This, this is a this is a bothered fan base, and look, they're showing in the seats. Uh, it was reported, I think it was somewhere around the realm of 71,000. It looked more like 60,000 to me. This is a, a fan base that is not showing up because this team is not winning and that is going to get certain individuals and their seats very very hot and John Elways of course is going to be one of them. Ryan Stevens on Twitter says I'll put it as easy as I can. Being a Broncos fan in Ohio, I pony up the $400 every year for the Sunday ticket. I am seriously regretting that decision now. Hashtag bad financial decisions. Look, uh, Ryan's a listener of the podcast, and I appreciate Ryan. 
I'm not going to follow his financial advice, though. <laughs> I'm just kidding, bud. Uh, look, Ryan's got a point here. And I think and I think Ryan is a perfect example of the type of fan that when it comes to upstairs and making decisions, this is a big deal, okay? It's one thing if, you know, the team loses and fans are bothered because they lose. Look, you're going to win games, you're going to lose games. It is what it is, okay? The bottom line is our team's watching you. Our team's going to the games, you know? And Ryan, if he was in Denver, is probably one of those that would go to the games. He unfortunately is not. He's one of the our longer distance listeners. And so what does he do? He ponies up this money for Sunday ticket because he's that dedicated of a fan. This is a very, very impressionable tweet because this gets to the root of a fan that is pissed off, is bothered, that it's the same thing Every single week, it's it's nonsense, and it's not changing. And it doesn't look like there's direction or changing in the first place. These are the kind of things that are going to get John Elway fired. It's it's the empty seats at M Power Field at Mile High that are going to get John Elway fired. And, and, and look, obviously the wins and losses are going to play a factor in that. But if you think that that's a bigger factor than the actual empty seats, hmm... That's a lot more closer to 50-50 than you think. It's the bottom line when it comes to Joe Ellis and that uh, whoever is running the show nowadays anymore up top, This that is the bigger bottom line for them. And when that bottom line gets affected, they will take action. So we'll see. Look, obviously there's a lot of seasons still left. We will discuss it in depth on the podcast, certainly. Uh, but today, I do want to continue on with the instant reaction on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R O N N I E, the letter K Radio on Twitter. Brandon says, "No more of this. We'll figure it out." Excuse. They had plenty of time to figure it out. The Jags pushed them around in the second half and showed who the tougher team was. Solid points. Johnny Utah says, "Basically, t- basically a team with no talent on offense or defense." Period. Again. This is a talented roster. This is a talented roster. And maybe that, sh- that maybe that says everything about Vic Fangio is the fact that this is a talented roster. And yet, somehow, he's not winning games. I don't know what it is. Stacy on Twitter says, someone is out of touch. GM is not picking the right talent. Coach is not calling it right. Players weaker than thought. Where is the problem? Question mark. Look, I, I, I want to address that last part. And because this is something that's thrown around on Twitter a lot is the players are soft, players are weak, players don't want it. I want you to I want you to truly listen to what I'm saying. As somebody who sees these players post game, and and I'm gonna use tonight as an example, because as I left the press box to go down to the locker room post game, there's a little tunnel that bridges between the field and the locker room observing several Broncos. I'm not going to point them out by name. They don't need to be named. But several Broncos, emotionally distraught, um, two two tears, because they badly wanted this. Okay, So I understand that there is this emotion to point fingers or blame somebody or somebody somebody has to take the fault for this. Oh, it's you. No, it's not you. Okay, it's your fault. Your fault for this. You have to take all the blame. I don't understand why we're this kind of society anyways, but we're here. We are where we are. Um, these guys want it. These guys want it way more than you think, and they, they absolutely want to win every single time out, and it kills them when they can't, 
when they don't win. It bothers them to it shakes them to the core. It's like if a a, a family member died. Seriously, I mean they are that uh, distraught. And 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 I think this is where it goes back to what I initially said when it comes to this this game in particular being such a mentally tough game because this was a game where they they absolutely put it out all on the line. You know, they they had no holds bar. They put it all out on the line and what they put out on the line, it actually worked and yet still they lost and that is mentally mentally crushing. Chris, Chris on Twitter says time for Elway to go. Uh, Vincent on Twitter says, Ronnie, do you think it's time to trade Von Miller, Sanders, and Chris Harris Jr. and focus on the rebuild process? We're going to get into this deep in the coming week here on the Broncos Blitz podcast. I'm going to tell you quickly, uh, Von Miller's not going anywhere. This is a guy where, look, money is a big factor in this situation. There's no reason to get rid of Von Miller. Well, I take that back. There, There are reasons to get rid of Von Miller, but it's not logical to do it at least right now. The other two named by Vincent, Emmanuel Sanders and Chris Harris Jr., I'm going to just say this, and I'll tease my future podcast. They are certainly the kind of players that would be appealing to better teams that could give draft picks to Denver that may benefit the Broncos to execute certain trades uh, happenings. We'll see. Exchanges. We'll get into that a little bit later in the week on the Broncos Blitz podcast. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter for more info on the Broncos and to keep up with the podcast at Ronnie K Radio. Dana says Broncos defense is a medical miracle. They have no heart. Yes, it's just a, it's a low blow. Low blow. No heart. It's not. It's unfair. It's unfair to say uh, I, I'm not going that far. They're not weak. They're not um, soft. They they do have heart, and they do want it. And, you know, maybe fans just don't see that. I understand. Fans just want to blame yada, yada, yada and play that game. I get it, but let's, let's, let's be appropriate here. Let's be professional. I'd like to think we're knowledgeable fans, right, that, that listen to this podcast, that, that follow my work. I want to educate you, and I'm trying to educate you in the idea that these guys do want it. And sometimes, look, you lose in sports. That's what happens. Someone wins, someone loses. Marshalls on Twitter says, will the defense ever be able to stop a two-minute drive? Well, yeah, that's that's a problem. That is a problem. Look, the the back-to-back Joe Flacco go-ahead late-in-the-game touchdowns were impressive to watch. Very impressive to watch. I kept thinking to myself at the start of those drives, I'm like, man, this is Joe Flacco. I don't think this is the kind of thing that he would pull out, right? Like, it's it's, it's Joe Flacco. He's not a franchise quarterback, yada, yada, yada. And yet, boom, touchdown. Emmanuel Sanders on a beautiful toe tap against Chicago. Boom, touchdown over the middle to Cortland Sutton. Broncos take the lead. And then you send the defense out there, and you're like, okay, this is supposed to be the specialty, Right? Right? Anybody? Right? Uh, no? Okay. All right. And then the defense gives it up, and then, you know, this is a team that is now 0-4 for 4 to show for it. And 0-4, look, the, a deep, deep hole. I know people want to throw out percentages like it's a .6% of making the postseason. Stop. Stop. Stop right there. Let's not talk about postseason. Let's not talk about postseason. Uh, let's talk about how this team can just win a game and go from there. Nick on Twitter says, Drew Locke needs to start the second he is healthy enough to play football. I want to get to this because I want to read our last one in Diamond Rattler. says, Fangio and Flacco make me sleepy. Fangio puts the whole team to sleep during halftime. 
Uh, I disagree with both assessments from Nick and Diamond Rattler. Let's start with Diamond Rattlers, who says Fangio puts the whole team to sleep during halftime. There are actually adjustments in the previous game where Vic Fangio has done well. Look, let's remember, this is an Oakland team that was basically going to run the Broncos out of their own stadium, out of their football, baseball field. And the Broncos adjusted well. They came back in that game, the Green Bay game. This is a game that, uh, look, Aaron Rodgers could have run away with that football game. And certainly it was kind of starting to look that way. And then Denver goes ahead and, and gets some points in the third quarter. And all of a sudden, you know, there's a little bit of a restore and balance. Obviously, Green Bay makes it a two-possession game with about four minutes left in that game. And then finally puts the dagger in it. So, but but this is a team that did not get blown out in the second half because, uh, they made some solid adjustments, and this is a team that, look, you know, in the second half, it was not good this time around, but against the Bears, they score 11 points in the fourth quarter, you know, and they, they make this furious comeback, so I don't want I, I to just say Vic Fangio's not good at making adjustments, because I don't know if that's true, because some of the statistics would say that that's actually false. Now, look, when you're 0-4, you're obviously doing something wrong at some point in every quarter period. Just it's it's not good. But I don't think that's the biggest reason why they're losing. Okay. Nick on Twitter says Drew Locke needs to start the second he is healthy enough to play football. This is gonna be this is gonna be a highly debated discussion because look, this is a Denver team that they're not losing because of Joe Flacco. They're just not losing because of Joe Flacco. This is a guy who's thrown five touchdown passes so far in the year, three interceptions, yes. But he is completing passes in the upper 60s. They're just not losing because of him. They're just not losing because of Joe Flacco. So I, I can't buy the narrative that Drew Locke should just start immediately. Because again, this is you have to have a reason to do all this. You have to you have to have a reason to execute B if you're going to move A around or uh, release A or trade A or bench A. Whoever player A is, there has to be a reason. There's literally no reason right now outside of maybe because they're 0-4. But again, Joe Flacco is not the reason why they're losing. Yes, the interception was a big, big deal, but he also led a, a go-ahead last-second touchdown under two minutes to take the lead. And yet you still lost that game. So look, I, I don't think there's enough valid reasons to say that, hey, Joe Flacco should just get benched the moment Drew Locke becomes healthy. But I think there does need to be this discussion. And look, this this entire week, we're going to start talking about this. Is it time to move forward? Is it time to, to think about the future? Is it time to tank for X draft pick? Is it time to trade guys away? Because at 0-4, the season's over. The season is over. There was a small sliver window that potentially could open up and maybe you get back to 500 and and things change and the ball bounces this way and divisions remain top heavy. That's not happening. They're 0-4. They're a bad football team and they're looking towards next year. That's the reality of this team. We're going to talk about the head coach. We're going to talk about the coordinators. We're going to talk about the GM. John Elway in this situation after Peyton Manning is a complete disaster. And we will start to talk about his job status because a lot of people, they think that he doesn't need to be around for the uh, long haul. So we will get to all that this week on the Broncos Blitz podcast. It's a instant reaction to the Broncos loss to the Jaguars. I got so much response on social media and, and the podcast, the, the loyal listenership is growing. 
I thank you so much. It's a daily podcast with Mile High Sports, and you can find that podcast if you missed archives of the podcast at milehighsports.com. That's milehighsports.com. Brutal, brutal loss for Denver. Brutal loss for Denver. Uh, They get a couple sacks. Von Miller's on the board. Congratulations to him. His 100th sack, but I think he'll tell you what. He'll tell you that I would have took a win rather than two sacks. Um, Injuries to report. Josie Jewell uh, did end up leaving that game with an injury as well, too. That was a big deal. Uh, Bradley Chubb dealt with cramps, and then it kind of became a knee injury. We'll see his status moving forward. Um, And then, look, Emmanuel Sanders had a very scary situation on that final drive where he went down and immediately grabbed his knee. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, is that an ACL? Like He looks in severe pain. He pops up and, like, walks off. And he's like, hey, yeah, I'm good. I'll rub some dirt on it. I was like, man, that is, that is one tough MFer, man, at Emmanuel Sanders. And, uh, look, solid player for Denver. And it's unfortunate that the Broncos are now 0-4 because he is, as he says, living in a world of suck. That's exactly what the Denver Broncos are, is they are now 0-4, of course, dead last in the AFC West, and AFC West divisional opponent, LA, is next. The Chargers, of course, they will have Melvin Gordon back. We will get into that this week on the podcast as well, too, so hopefully you subscribe at any point where you take your podcast, listen to your podcast. You can do that at MileISports.com as well, too. You can follow me on Twitter, at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio on Twitter. We are all done for the post-game edition of the Broncos Blitz podcast. Denver loses to Jacksonville 26-24. They collapse in the second half. They are now 0-4 on the season, and they now await the LA Chargers next week to try to get off the schneid because I tell you what, after the Chargers, look, there's a return home game against Tennessee. Tennessee looking like they're kind of turning it on again, and then you get Kansas City, Indy, Cleveland, Minnesota, the the Bills. This is this is a, a seesaw schedule, if you will. That look, it's difficult at times, and then it kind of lightens up. But even when it lightens up, those Chargers are a deadly team, and so are those Titans. So this this losing streak could continue. We'll see. Hopefully, it does not, because I want to talk about something positive. I try to I try to talk about things positive, but boy. <laughs> I just can't find it, guys. I just can't find it. All right, we're all done for the Broncos Blitz podcast. You can follow me on Twitter, at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio on Twitter. And, of course, always at MileHighSports.com with all news discussions and breaking, well, info, injury reports, or who knows, maybe the team in general. They're just breaking. You can find that all at MileHighSports.com. That's MileHighSports. See you, y'all. To listen to previous versions of the Broncos Blitz podcast, visit milehighsports.com or subscribe to the Broncos Blitz wherever you get your podcast.